0: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Social Selling, presented by SAP. The best run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the game changers, oh, for goodness sake, you already know you're in the right place. Let's see what the buzz is today. Okay, I have a quote from a young man named Rob Boyce, or Bois, however you pronounce it, if your French is good, B O I S. He's the director of product marketing at Lattice Engines, and he's held previous roles at Eloqua and IBM. And here is the quote I think he's the author of Social Selling 2.0 Big Data Just in Time. Woo! Here's the quote In the old days, Sellers would bring their Rolodex from company to company Now they bring their LinkedIn network. Okay, you get the idea. What's going on here? Well, top salespeople have mastered how to use social networks to grow revenue potential to exceed quota. Come on, on previous shows, we've told you that there are significant stats, reports, research that shows that people who use social media well are exceeding their quotas. They are prospecting more efficiently. They are maintaining a robust pipeline. Who doesn't want that? How are they doing it? Well, they play by each social network's etiquette rules. That's right. The rule book is not the same across all platforms. Facebook has one set of rules and etiquette. Twitter has another. LinkedIn has another. They're all different. Oh, my. Selling on social networks requires you to know what your customers and prospects want to see. Uh You don't have to be a mind reader. You just know how to read where they are and what they want. How do they want to see it? When do they want to see it? And put that on the side of the table. On the other side, you put your own social media goals. What do you want? What do you want to achieve? What's your quota? Well, we have a panel today that's going to share top five do's and don't do's. I thought that was interesting when they sent me the topic. It's not do's and don'ts. It's do's and don't do's. Top five guidelines to help you write your own social selling playbook. That's what it's all about today. We have a panel of three experts, as always. Let me tell you who they are. We have Joanne S. Black. She is the author of No More Cold Calling. She's big on referrals. We'll find out why. Lori Richardson is the CEO of Score, more sales, and returning panelist Michael Labati at SAP. I'm looking for your title here. He's Senior Director and Head of Program Development and Operations for SAP's global Social selling program. Michael, I always like to tell you that's a very long business card. So let's get started with the opening quotes my panelists have sent me. First up is Joanne Black, and she sent me a wonderful quote. I haven't heard this one in years, Joanne, from Ellen DeGeneres. Everybody knows Ellen. American comedian, TV host, actress, writer, producer, LGBT activist. She starred in the popular sitcom Ellen for many years, and she still hosts her syndicated show, The Ellen DeGeneres Show, since 2003. And she loves to dance. She's been in movies, she's voiced Dory in the Pixar film, Finding Nemo animated, etc., etc. If you don't know who she is, for goodness' sake, look her up. Here's the quote. My grandmother started walking five miles a day when she was 60. She's 97 now, and we don't know where the hell she is. Joanne Black, there's nothing like starting off a radio show with a smile. How are you, Joanne? (laughs) I'm great. And that made me laugh, Bonnie. Uh, And we all need more laughter in our lives. I I
2: truly believe that. And I I think that quote is a metaphor for life and business, actually, because we need to keep going, right, no matter what, you know, but of course we need to know where we are. I mean, that, that's obvious, and it doesn't show up in the quote, but it's really important to step away from the pack, to step away from where everybody else is doing, what everybody else is going, because if we follow everyone else, we look like everyone else, and we end up with everyone else. There's so many distractions today, so it's really mm-hmm. hard to get sidetracked and to take that exit that we don't want to take. But here's how it applies to business. It's especially important today because we all look alike to our buyers. So how do we differentiate ourselves? How do we stand out? Well, we don't follow the crowd and we don't grab the next greatest technology or newest ideas because not every tool works for our business and not every idea is a fit. So we need to carve our own path. That takes guts. A lot of guts, <laughs> but those of us who take our own path,
1: we're the ones who will succeed. very interesting joanne i'm I'm so intrigued by the way way we're working this quote to work into the topic, and I'm thinking that. There are training programs and there are probably internships at companies. How do you become a good social seller? How do you write the playbook? Whose playbook, Joanne, do you copy or not copy? Whose tips and tricks and strategies and tactics do you use and whose do you avoid and how do you combine them? And I love the idea that the five miles a day and 37 miles, 37 years later, they don't know where in the heck she is. I used heck instead of hell obviously there. Uh, the idea that, that people may be just adding rules and tips and tactics to their own playbook and not even realizing that they're developing a playbook. What's your thought on that, Joanne? You talked about differentiating yourself and being a unique individual. Just a quick question before we move on. What does it take in terms of the persona or the DNA of an individual person who is doing social selling to realize they need to be unique and special and brand themselves on social? Just a a quick thought from you.
2: Well, they're not getting success. They know they have to do something very different. But it's following the people who know what they're talking about, and there's a lot of people who don't know what they're talking about, so figuring that out and asking your colleagues, and you'll you'll figure it out. But it's developing
1: your own, and it shouldn't be complicated. Nothing should be complicated. Thank you. That's a breath of fresh air. I think people are probably relieved. They're probably figuring, Oh my goodness, what are these people on the panel going to tell me today? Doesn't need to be complicated. I like that. Thank you, Joanne. We have so much more to hear from you and learn from you over the course of the show. And now I'm gonna turn to your co panelist Lori Richardson at Score More Sales. And Lori has sent us a quote I think this is T V Day on Game Changers Radio, because Lori <laughs> sent us a quote from Oprah Winfrey. And anybody who doesn't know Oprah well, I bet a lot of people don't know her middle name, Lori. It's Gail, actually, which I thought was interesting because of her best friend, Gail. So we'll leave that one alone. Born in 1954, American media proprietor. That's an interesting term for what she does. TV talk show. Host, actress, producer, philanthropist, best known for her talk show. The Oprah Winfrey Show, the highest rated TV program of its kind in history, dubbed the queen of all media. She's the richest African American of the 20th century and North America's first multi billionaire black person blah, 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 and one of the greatest philanthropists in American history. My goodness, she's considered the most influential woman in the world. So here's the quote. It's just one, two, three, four, five, seven little words. Lori's going to tell us how it relates to our topic. Quote, love or fear, the decision defines you. Lori Richardson, welcome to Game Changers. How are you?
3: Thank you. Oh, it's wonderful to be here, and I'm, I'm doing well. So I think that love or fear is really, it's one choice or the other. And even in business, and I know that might sound interesting, but think of of it maybe as abundance versus scarcity. It's Mm -hmm. another way of looking at how you make decisions. I, I was really inspired back in 2002 when author Tim Sanders, who people might be familiar with, wrote a book called Love is a Killer App. I don't know if anyone Mm. read that, but that was 2002. He said back then, and he still does, that business needs more love. It's the most powerful force. And I'd have to say that every decision I've made in business, in corporate or as a business owner, you know, I had to go one one route or the other. And when I chose scarcity, when when I chose fear, uh, it wasn't fun. When I chose abundance and love, you know, everything bloomed and blossomed. So that's how I feel, knowledge, networks, and compassion.
1: Very interesting. Love over fear. Yes. Now, let's talk, let's reflect a little bit on the question I asked Joanne just a moment ago, Laurie, in terms of, building your playbook. Do you think people in social selling, let's let's take it from the position of somebody just starting out, company hires you, you, regardless of your age or your stature in the selling world, they say you're going to be doing social selling. Do you think the first thing they hear is, and you're going to be developing your own unique savvy strategy and tactic rich playbook and you're going to live by it and you're going to be a great success if you do it right. Do you think people are saying, whoa, 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 whoa what? You didn't tell me that when you, where's the Where's
3: the love and where's the fear? Lori, what's your thought about that? Right. Well, well, I think the biggest issue, the biggest point, and I would suspect that my co-panelists will agree, is that we have to come from the place of the buyer. And so the top of my playbook is going to talk about what the buyer, who is your buyer, what do they want, where are they, and learn more about them. And and that comes from a place of love and it comes from a place of abundance where, I'm not selling to them. I'm, I'm engaging them. And if you can do that, any sales playbook can be very successful.
1: Thank you very much. Is it a lot of work, by the way, to build a playbook like this, Lori?
3: Yeah. Yeah, ah. it's ongoing work. It's ongoing work. But, you know, if it was easy, you know, as they say, everyone would do it. There you go.
1: Okay, I like we got a little encouragement there. I know we gave him the carrot or the stick, but we're going to be teaching people how to build your playbook today. Laurie, pleasure to have you on. Thank you for joining us. And now let's turn to, he's not a newcomer. He's been on so many times. It's Michael Labati at SAP. And Michael is not picking a TV host for his quote source today. He's picking somebody back in history who has so many Titles, so many accolades, so many professions. Let me just tell you who it is. It's Benjamin Franklin, lived from, well, they're not sure whether he was born in 1705 or 1706. I thought that was interesting. Passed away in 1790, that we know. American polymath. One of the founding fathers of the U.S., a leading author, printer, political theorist, politician, Freemason, postmaster scientist, inventor, humorist, civic activist, statesman, and diplomat. He founded Philadelphia's fire department, and he founded the University of Pennsylvania in his spare time. What can I tell you? He also invented the lightning rod, bifocals, and the Franklin stove. A little bit busy, this guy was. Here is the quote Michael has selected from Ben Franklin. I feel like I know him so well I can call him Ben. Quote, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Michael Labati, how are you today?
4: Bonnie, I'm doing well. Thank you. How about yourself? Good.
1: Good. Fine. Thank you. Talk to me about this quote. I like it. And let's let's talk about it and how it relates to the topic I've already been discussing with your co-panelists, Joanne and Lori. Go ahead,
4: Michael. Sure. Well, I have a little bit of bias because I lived in Center City, Philadelphia, for uh, 10 years until 2014, and you're surrounded by history, and Ben Franklin was always one that uh, really jazzed me up. Now, This quote, you know, it's about getting to know, uh, real simple, right? Get to know what your day looks like. Get to know what things look like before you embark. I think there's so many surprises that uh, can present along your path, if you're ready for the game, then you might hit a home run. And if you're not, well, then you might be hitting yourself, uh, over your own head. And so I think this also relates well, uh, in business. it's so important to get to know who you're engaging, uh, before you start engaging someone. And, and, you know, people love, uh, people love to, you know, those who share things and, and, and the only way you can really share valuable and qualitative, uh, you know, uh, information is by preparing uh with who you're going to be engaging right it has a lot preparing has a lot to do with sharing so I I really enjoy this quote and I and I live by it uh I can't tell you how many times much younger in my career where I would walk into a meeting uh and I'd only be half you know I'd be halfway prepared let's call it that and and wind up Mm -hmm. stumbling and and the conversations you can see what happens right you're just all over the place, but if you get to know what you're doing and you understand your subject matter, you understand the people who you're going to be engaging, it makes the conversation so much more valuable and people remember you that way.
1: Thank you, Michael. Tell me something. Is it hard or easy to build a social selling playbook? I've been asking that question of your co-panelists. What's your thought? Is this something that takes a lifetime? Is it something you can teach an intern in a a three-week crash course in, well, now you're going to be doing social selling for our company, Bob. Here's what you got to do. Go out and build your playbook.
4: How hard is it? Well, I think that uh, I'm a little bit biased here because um, uh, without going to, into the too many details of my, of my role, I, I do share uh, some of that, uh, some, some of the inner workings of Playbook just by, as you said, my long title, Operations uh, for Social Selling. And I believe absolutely. I mean, j- just by the platforms alone, you can learn so much. Uh, there's no more excuse that uh, mm-hmm. you've, got to, you've got to go all over and, and you've got to uh, and, and time and preparing. The platform, social platforms provide so much information readily available at your fingertips you can get to know who your buyers are by spending an, an hour or even less in some cases. We've, we've done some funny experiments You can get to know so. So when you're building a playbook on how to engage and who your buyer is and and, and what do they want, what are are their problems, and uh, that information is absolutely at your fingertips on on social, as it was obviously uh, much harder to do in uh, you know uh, ten or or even twenty years ago. So I I would I would certainly support uh, what Joanne and uh, uh, Lori were saying. Absolutely.
1: Thank you very much, Michael. Pleasure to have you back on the show. And now, Joanne S. Black, we are going to circle around the table back to you, and we have a couple of personal questions. Uh, Not too personal, but two personal questions. Well, actually, I'm going to ask you for three. Number one, where are you calling from today, Joanne? Number two, what's your favorite drink in the whole wide world if it's not in front of you, we don't care what you're drinking right now. We want to know. And number three, tell us a little bit about your background. Just give us the 90-second the overview. If we met you in an elevator and said, what do you do? What would you tell us? So go ahead, Joanne. Oh, so, Bonnie, I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area, and my favorite
2: beverage is actually tap water. Hmm. I, I like it because it's tasteless. And this is probably the only (laughs) situation where being tasteless is a good thing. But it's also basic. It's down to earth. It's simple. It's pure. There's no fizz. It's not fancy. It's good for you. And, And I really think it translates to business, that we need to get to the basics, to the fundamentals. People get beyond that when they don't have a strong foundation. And you can look at any athlete, any sport, What do they practice? They practice the basics. It's baseball. It's batting practice. In football, it's pass patterns for wide receivers. In basketball, it's free throws. They practice over and over and over again. And that's one of the things that is missing in many sales organizations is the fundamentals. And and that's why I love tap water. And, yes, I'm drinking it now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and what do you do? I know you're an author. I know you're very successful in what you do. How did you get started in this field, Joanne? Just give us a little snippet of your bio, please.
2: Oh, my, my very first client, when I left the consulting practice, I got through a referral. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. That was always my best business. And I started doing research and said, do you like to get referrals? And everybody loved it for a huge number of reasons. And then I said, well, do you have a disciplined strategy with skills and metrics and sales process and accountability, and nobody had it, and to this day they don't. And it's become even more important because of the problem sales leaders face. You know, How do I get leads in the pipe? How do I get my people to get meetings with decision makers? How do I collapse my sales process? Well, referral selling, done well, addresses all of those issues and more. So referrals are my mantra.
1: Thank you very much. And I have to do a shout out, Laurie, before I go to Laurie Richardson around the table. We have got Barb Giamanco listening. She is tweeting. She is quoting. Barb, I can't even keep up with the retweets here. I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six. I think six or seven in the past, uh, 12 minutes. So Barb Giamanco, thank you so much. She is a frequent panelist here on our social selling series. So Barbara, thank you so much for being on board. And I'm going to add you to my To my last tweet here, my next upcoming tweet, I'm going to put you in here so you're copied on it. Thank you so much. We we love the party atmosphere. Lori Richardson, going around the table to you, where are you calling from? Tell us a little bit about what you love to drink the most in the whole wide world and what does Score More Sales do? What is it all about? That's where you're the CEO. Lori?
3: So, Bonnie, I am in lovely Portsmouth, New Hampshire. It's going to be 80 Ah. degrees here today. It's a gorgeous place to live. I feel lucky and, and fortunate to be here. I am drinking my favorite tea uh, on earth, and it's so funny because it's hard to get. It's, made by, it, it's sold by Trader Joe's, and it's called Organic Peppermint Cinnamon Herbal Tea. But mm. the great thing is, even if you can't find it at Trader Joe's, it has two ingredients, organic peppermint leaves and organic cinnamon. And I'm drinking it in my Yeti metal cup, which mm-hmm. keeps it really nice and hot. So it's the perfect, perfect morning. Lovely. Tell me what you
1: do. What is Score More Sales all about?
3: I spent 15 years in corporate, and then I began Score More Sales, which is a sales strategy consulting company for mid sized organizations. Uh, I gained a lot of... Renewal a few years back when I started dipping into research for clients. And it also led me toward doing more research about women in sales, getting more women in sales. So I'm, people call me the woman, women in sales woman. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. working to get more women into sales and sales leadership in, in companies that have male majority sales teams, which are the ones that most of us can think of, technology, SaaS. Manufacturing, distribution, utilities, on and on. So that's where I'm, I'm having a lot of fun uh, these days is helping to move the needle on that and also helping companies with real research about ways to grow revenues.
1: Thank you very much, Lori. Pleasure to have you on board with us. And now let's turn to Michael Labotti, our returning panelist here. Michael, I hear a little bit in your throat today. Are you, you struggling or are you feeling okay? We're so glad to have you.
4: Well, that's a beautiful segue for my uh, drink because <laughs> I, what I had submitted for the show was Johnny Walker Black. And uh, you and I Woo. had fun with these, uh, you know, with these ideas of... In my area of of West Delray, Boca Raton, uh, where I'm also very happy to to be part of this community, I've shared with you that I've I've been at the fire pit in the backyard and sipping on bourbon was was kind of uh, (laughs) a night I enjoy. But you're right, there is something wrong with my voice because I've become sick in the last couple of days and now I am not drinking Johnny Walker, I'm drinking emergency. (laughs) Ah. Or emergency, depending on what time of day it is. So uh, I'm hoping to get better well. Uh, in fact, I take off for, for school. I'm in a graduate program at Northwestern, and, and I have to take off on Thursday until until Monday. So I hope to get better very soon. But, yeah, emergency. Otherwise, Johnny Walker Black.
1: Well, I like that opportunity. I like that you have options. That's very interesting. <laughs> I just bought a couple of boxes of emergency for a friend who is not that Amazon savvy. And I sent it to him in New York as a gift, and he uses them as a sleep aid. Do you, and you mentioned time of day. Uh, do you find that emergency works as a um, something to make you sleepy in the evening,
4: Michael? yeah i mean if you know if you're really if you're uncomfortable and you're coughing and you're it is it is a nice supplement because it's it's most her herbal uh holistic type of approach it doesn't really have much um you know anything other than hard stuff so I, I i i stand by it at least for the day one I don't talk take the the nighttime often but uh that might be uh and i might not be the case this evening so
1: Okay. Well, we hope you feel better and thank you for being a trooper and joining us. And now Joanne and Lori don't know me very well. Michael knows all too well that they do not let me. They, the corporate they, SAP, everybody, Game Changers Radio, VoiceAmerica.com, World Talk Radio, they don't let me anywhere near Caffeino radio show days. So I'm only allowed to drink Joanne filtered water not quite from the tap. I put it through my Brita, but it's in a cool, clear mug, and I have a yellow straw because we have been getting the brunt of whatever the latest hurricane or tropical storm coming up from Florida. I think it's Alberto. We had torrential rain overnight. I'm in Durham, North Carolina now. I came down here nine months ago from Long Island, New York, where I was for 35 years, and What's lovely is I'm looking out at a beautiful garden outside my front office window, and in the back I have a pond with a fountain, and I have gardens all around the house, and this is a lovely time of year. So the rain is appreciated. That means I don't have to stand out in the evening with the hose and the sprinkler. We're only allowed to water three days a week before 10 in the morning and after 6 in the night evening because it depends on whether your front door has a number that's even or odd. That's the way they regulate water control here, so I have to learn which days. But I'm, I'm, I'm getting into the swing of it here, so. I'm here in Durham, happy, very happy to be speaking with Joanne Black, Laurie Richardson, and Michael Abadi. Very important topic. We're talking about Social Seller's Playbook. We captioned this show as top five do's and don't do's, but I think we're going to cover a lot more than the top five. Uh, so I'm not going to hold my panelists to what are your top five. I think we're just going to go around the table when we come back in the round table, and we're just going to get there top, top, top do's and don'ts. And then we'll have a little discussion about each. We want to arm our listeners with some real usable tips and tricks, if you will, on how to build your own very unique, very savvy playbook. Before we go to break, I have a shout-out to Kirsten Boyleau at SAP in Canada, who sponsors this series, and Mohammed Arif, who puts together these panels, and you do a wonderful job, obviously. So, I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to take a quick break, 90 seconds. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know that drill by now. Erin, out.
0: social media is taking sales organizations by storm and only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future social selling is a concept that has implications to all lines of business from building the fundamentals in the sales process and getting the content marketing mix right to building cross-functional teams and ultimately changing the way buyers and sellers engage in a digital world join our experts as they analyze and discuss how social Social Selling is changing the world of business. Changing the Game with Social Selling is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Changing the Game with Social Selling presented by sap email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at twitter hashtag sap now let's get back to changing the game with social selling
1: we certainly are changing the game with social selling. We're talking today about Social Seller's Playbook. Do you have one yet? Did you know you needed one? Well, heads up, you do. We're going to talk about the top do's and don't do's. I'm going to get rid of the top five because we have a lot of tips to give you from our three esteemed panelists. We have Joanne S. Black. She's the author of No More Cold Calling, Big on Referrals, Lori Richardson, CEO of Score More Sales, trying to get more women into the selling profession, and Michael Labati, Senior Director and Head of Program Development and Operations, (laughs) Michael, I'm running out of breath, for the Global Social Selling Program at SAP. There you go. We're going to start the roundtable a little bit differently than usual. As I said before the break, we're going to help you, our esteemed and loyal listeners all over the world, and thank you to all of you for listening. This series is in its fourth season, I think, and we know you're out there, yes, season four, and appreciating all this great content. So we're going to start with Joanne Black, and I'm going to read one of the comments she sent me in her notes. She'll give us some background background for about two minutes, then I'll pick one from Laurie, one from Michael, and we'll just keep going till we build a playbook for you. So, Joanne S. Black says, it's time to put the social back in social media. Joanne, tell us why this is a good do for somebody's playbook, please.
2: It's gotten away from social. You know, people click a button and send a standard invitation. The purpose of social media is to be social, to begin a conversation, to begin a relationship online and then take it offline. And what's happened today is people are just pushing buttons and sending, for LinkedIn, a standard invitation that does absolutely nothing to build the relationship. It's, it's about connections, how we connect with people. It's not about the number of contacts we have. It's so much better to take a few minutes and send that personal invitation. It could be something as simple as, I heard your talk with Bonnie Graham on SAP Radio. Let's connect. Something that creates this person-to-person beginning of a relationship. That's not happening today. Bonnie, I I liken it to someone rings your doorbell. Mm
1: Mm-hmm
2: and you know them, or they arrive with a friend, and you let them walk in your home, go back in your house, out, out to your yard, whatever, and you never say hello. Well, we <laughs> never do that, right? Oh, that's funny. You know, so why do we do it on social media? Why do we do it on LinkedIn? It's rude, and it, it's not what sales is about. Um, you know, with, with this automated pushing buttons, I always send a personal response, even when they send me a personal, impersonal invitation. And what happens as a result of that, I find fascinating. I'd say 50% of the time I get a response back, something like, oh, I've been following your blogs, I read your book, I heard you on this podcast, I have a question, whatever it is. And I'm thinking, why didn't they say that in the first place?
1: Very interesting. Thank you. I like that, putting the social back in social media. Lori Richardson, I have one from you. You say, understand your buyers and know that they are all different. Oh, my. Lori, tell us more,
3: please. There is no one persona, and I think that people tend to go where they're comfortable. Let's say it's Twitter, for example. I love Twitter, but I can't look for all of my buyers or interact or engage with all of my buyers on Twitter because they're not all there. I need to learn where they are, what they're doing, what they're interested in, who their customers are, and realize that it's not about me or my company. It's about learning what the people that I'm wanting to work with want and need and then helping them um, through You know, maybe educating, maybe supporting in some way, but definitely engaging. It's all about, as Joanne was saying, building a relationship with real people talking to real people.
1: Thank you, Lori. Michael, I'm picking up one from your list here. You have one similar, a do similar to what Lori said. Do get to know your customers. They are not you. But I'm going to take it one step deeper, Michael. You say, if you're engaging someone in a digital channel like LinkedIn – Keep in mind that the same face-to-face etiquette rules apply. How should we interpret that, Michael?
4: Absolutely. <clears throat> well, look, um, I'd liken to this being uh, just out in public. You know, I, I love Joanne's example. If someone that you meet walks up and has a and just comes out with a joke and 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 uh, and, and tries to uh, you know to win you over with a, with, a, with with their humor. Uh, you, without having any context of, of where this person's coming from and what their intentions are, uh, you're just going to walk away. Uh, if you were, if you were to be, um, uh, if you don't come off, if you come off disingenuous, if you don't come off authentic, you know, the same thing, It's the same uh, concern we have in face to face. You get that used car salesperson uh, mm-hmm. sort of uh, mindset. And the next thing you know, you're, you're, you've lost them. That is the old way uh, that's not the new way. Uh, digital channels have given us uh, a, wonderful, uh, uh, a wonderful platform to learn, to share, grow, and there's no excuse. So I think uh, when I say face-to-face etiquette, if you're going to engage someone face-to-face, you're going to spend a little bit of time getting to know who this person is, what their interests are, if you have mutual interests, and uh, and 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 obviously if you're if you're there to meet this person to solve a problem uh, in the case of business then you're going to want to walk a day in that in that person's shoes and get to know what that problem and how they're living with that problem is all too often do we do we see uh, the almost bot like or automated Hello, how are you? I've been uh, I, I, We have things in common in our networks. Uh, I would love to, mm-hmm. to, to have a conversation to learn more about you. Well, e- even if I were to take notice of that, I couldn't possibly spend time uh, with the limited time that we have, the scarcity of time, because you're getting 30 or 40 of those a day. How could you pos- So you really have to differentiate, take a step back, be authentic, approach someone, and, uh, and I, I think you know, that word authenticity is key. So,
1: Thank you very much. Very interesting, Michael. And, and the rules you just talked about with humor are rules we take from the world of comedy. I did stand-up for several years. I just just brushed off my old routine and did it for a community <laughs> gathering for two, an audience of 250 people a couple months ago. It's all about context. You have to know or hope you know who's in the audience, and if they get it in today. You have to be so careful in our PC or PC aspiring world. I'll leave it at that. Thank you, Joanne Black. I'm circling around to you. Here is a very interesting tip from you on building a social selling book. You say never ask for a referral. Oh, let me get it again. Never ask for a referral on social media, Joanne. This sounds very, very important. Tell us what you mean. Well, you jeopardize the relationship.
2: So I've had people tell me that when people just write to them on LinkedIn and thankfully LinkedIn took that option away uh, where you could just click and ask for a referral, it's impersonal. I mean, like, like Michael was talking about, it's etiquette. You wouldn't just meet somebody at a networking event, say hello and say, hey, I'd like a referral. It just doesn't work. And I say never ask for a referral in any digital format. First, you build a relationship. Second, you have a conversation offline. And then if you want to meet someone, if you want to ask for a referral, which means you get an introduction, we as salespeople must have a conversation. Why? Well, several reasons. One is we have to find out if they actually know the person, because some people accept every LinkedIn invitation, have no clue who that person is. That's one. Two, if they know the person, that's how we get Intel. Mm-hmm. You know, on a LinkedIn profile, we only know what that person chooses to put up there. You know a lot about me from my LinkedIn profile, but there's a lot you don't know. You don't know if I'm married. You don't know if I have children. If, are they in the workforce? You don't know who my next door neighbor is, my brother-in-law is, my roommate in college. Any of that, you do not know. So I want to get the color commentary from the person who's going to introduce me. I want to find out how they know the person. What is this person like? What's important to hear? They know my platform. I want to know if they have issues that referrals can solve. That's what's huge. I want to coach them on how to introduce me. And if we miss that, we're robots. People and that's the last thing we... People right? And so Thank that's you. That's why never ask on LinkedIn, or in any digital format.
1: I think we can position that as a cardinal rule. Do you agree, Joanne? Very, very important. Sounds like that's one of the backbones of of, uh, doing it right. Thank you very much. Lori Richardson, I'm looking at your notes. Let's see. We've got another words of wisdom here from you. You say, everyone in business is now a publisher. Factor that into your calendar. Tell me how this fits into building a playbook, Lori.
3: Yes, whether you are a seller or you're the person building the playbook, you're a sales leader of some sort, you're, you're building your personal brand, you're building your company brand with everything that you share, with every piece of content. Now, people say, well, I don't have time to build my personal brand. I'm, I'm busy selling. And I've heard that for a long time. Uh, I was a single mom years ago with a young child, and I was in sales, and I used to have to go to the library. I don't know if people remember those things, uh, to do research, and I would look up companies in big books, and I made time for that because it was important that I learn about who my buyers are and where they were. Now, today, if I was entering sales, I would build a buyer-focused brand, and that's part of what a sales playbook will do. Um, but it's it's critical that you think like a publisher, and you can't just react to something on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook, but carve out some time to to spend on LinkedIn, whether you're listening to your buyers or your pr- potential buyers or peers or you're actually commenting and adding value. Those are the ways that will help you build visibility. And, and also gain insight about who you are uh, working with or hoping to work with.
1: Thank you very much. That was Lori. And, Michael, I'm looking through your notes here. Let's jump down to farther down your notes. You say, do use the right tool for the right job. Social networks are obviously at the center of modern engagement, but if your customers aren't on Facebook, don't use it, same for Twitter. Why don't you give us a case study here? I know you have an example,
4: Michael. Well, yeah, I was doing a training actually um, uh, with, an, with a, with a mid-sized organization, and, and during the training, uh, I remember this one uh, gentleman stood up and, and said, "Look, uh, I, this all sounds great. It was it was in the spirit of playbook, right?" And, and they said, "But he said, my uh, I haven't found anyone uh, in my uh, in my interest that is on Twitter. They just don't tweet." And after a a little conversation, we said, well, uh, the answer is simple. Then don't use Twitter. And everyone looked at us. I was with a a partner of mine, and they said, wait, wait, hold on a second. Twitter is, it's like saying don't use LinkedIn. And we said, no, guys, you know, that's the face value of it. Understand that if your buyer is not on a a particular uh, application, uh, then go. the idea is go where your buyer is. If you, if you've done your homework, you've done your due diligence, if your buyer is not tweeting, then don't go on Twitter. Uh, I find it, I find it peculiar myself, but if that's the case, go where the buyer is and learn, and learn what applications they're using. And, and, uh, and, you know, and soon enough, you'll, you'll, it'll become a, it'll become second nature. You'll be hanging out in the circles. In the platforms where the where you're you know where your where your prospect your customer and your and, and so so that's the idea behind the right tool for the right job.
1: Thank you very much. Let's go back around the table to Joanne Black. Let's see. Let me just stop for a second, Joanne or Laurie. Any comments on what Michael just shared? Well, I'm looking for something from uh, from Joanne. Joanne, anything you want to add? Yes, yes. So
2: what I loved what Michael said was about etiquette and. Um, also about the right tool for the right job. So, you know, even though it might be an anomaly that people aren't on Twitter, I have colleagues in Australia that said most of their clients aren't on Twitter. And so we it could be geographical, it mm-hmm. could be individual, it could be any of that, but we have to know where they are.
1: Thank you very much. Laurie, anything you want to comment? I think this dovetail was something you just shared with us a minute ago. Anything you want to say for
3: Michael's example? Well, it's it, it's It's a little bit different. I just wanted to say that you also need to know that people are doing the best they can. If you give people credit for that and not go, oh, there's another person that doesn't know how to use LinkedIn or, you know, here's someone who's asking me for something. And if there are ways to help educate, particularly if they're in your company, this is a perfect opportunity because a lot of people coming into companies now are digital natives and they don't understand the Mm -hmm. ramifications and they don't know that there are some great communication do's and don'ts and so it's part of our job to help educate people who, who for those of us who feel like we do know a thing or two about that you know cut people a break and and help share value and help teach them how to do the same.
1: Thank you very much. Joanne, I'm ready to go back to you. I have a couple of options here. Let's talk about trust. Relationships rule the impact of trust. And You say what motivates the modern B2B buyer is trusting relationships. Salespeople know that trust can be difficult to achieve. How do you build that qualification or that, that uh, approach, the best one, into your playbook? Joanne, what do you advise? Uh, trust, it,
2: it's all right. And, you know, sales has gotten a bad name, and rightfully so in many cases, because people think of the used car salesman, and by the way, it's not just here in the United States, a pushy, arrogant in your face, that's not, my, that's not who I am. But here's the thing, when you are on social media, and you're not developing connections and actually having conversations, which you can have <laughs> through social, um, if you're not doing that, you're not building trust. And You know, there's an old saying that people buy with emotion and justify with fact. And if if buyers don't trust us, there is absolutely no way that we will get a deal. End of story, period. Now, how do you do that? One of the things, it's risky trust, but one of the things with a referral is, here's what happens. Bonnie, if I refer you and I introduce you to the person you want to meet, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: it's so personal because I need to trust you and know that you will take care of my client, my colleague, as I would. Now, what happens is the trust my contact has with me is transferred to you. And so that's why it's so very personal and a bit high risk. For all of us who've been referred, but
1: without that trust, nothing happens. Interesting. Joanne, I just want to do a little sidebar here. We did a show last week on our series called Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, which focuses on small to mid-sized businesses. You may know them as SMEs. Some people call them SMBs, E for enterprise, B for business. And We talked about the burgeoning field of influencer marketing. That introduction, that somebody who is an influencer, whether it's a micro-influencer, somebody in a small segment on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter, talking about something about your brand. Can you just give me a a little uh, comment here on whether influencer marketing is something that should be in the playbook, or is that another field?
2: It should be in the playbook, but not top. You know, I said it shouldn't be complicated. When we start, it needs to be simple, First of all, we need a strategy, because without having a strategy, nothing else matters. And then where am I going to start? You can't do everything at once. So I think influence marketing is a little more sophisticated. And like Lori said, there's so many people coming in now who really don't know how to interact properly on social. We need to address that initially. What are best practices? What are things we need to do? How much time do we need to spend? What are we going to say to people we want to connect with? How do we continue the conversation? We need to focus on that proactive personal relationship first. And then once we have that nailed, then look. let's look at other strategies that can boost what we've already done, like influencer marketing.
1: Thank you very much, Joanne. Laurie, I've got a really interesting one here in your list. You say social selling has not replaced picking up the phone sending a personalized email or mailing a handwritten note. I want to say woohoo. Thank you, Laurie. Laurie, tell us more. Why not?
3: Yeah, it's it's just a part of a multifaceted approach to engaging with your buyer. And none of these things have gone away. In fact, I might be more, you know, I'm on the different side of the fence with Joanne on a couple of things mm-hmm. in that I work with a lot of uh, BDRs and SDRs who are picking up the phones and engaging with people—it um, it is not as effective if done cold, and that's why we don't teach it that way. We we talk about warming up calls a little bit, um, but between calling and social platforms, and maybe a handwritten note, if you have a great conversation with a C-level executive. That's the only way to get your business card on their desk, by the way, is to send a two-sentence note a stamp that is, you know, I don't even know how much stamps are today because they all say forever, but they're not very expensive. <laughs> Good point. Right? $0.50? 50, yep. 50 I don't know. It's a guess. And and you can get cards at, you know, discount stores. And, and just get in, get in front of your buyer. Don't hound them. Build a relationship, add value. If I'm sending a note, I'm going to say something of, that I feel is of value that will be helpful. If I'm sending a follow-up email, it's something that is of value. It's not about, you know, I'm just checking in, circling back, following up. It's about, hey, I saw that your company got an award. That's really exciting. Uh, looking forward to our next conversation. And, and it goes from there.
1: Thank you very much, and that's a good segue into something here uh, from Michael. Michael says, don't just like a post, add a comment, or ask a question that's insightful and encourages engagement. Share content that builds a stronger and smarter community. And then he says, follow news about your buyer's business to be uh, more authentic and meaningful. Let's talk about add a comment or ask a question, Michael. That's the one I like the most out of this tip. What's your thought here?
4: Well, let me give you a little bit of of, of context. So, I'm part of a nonprofit organization. I'll, I'll leave the name out, uh, but but because it's not about that. And in this nonprofit, this is a nonprofit of volunteers. Uh, about oh, there's probably almost 3,000 volunteers across the world. There would be no possible way to achieve that type of growth about 3,000 members worldwide in one year if we were just liking. And, uh, you, know, and or, you know, liking and putting hearts and, and, and retweeting. There, there's, so we call that low value, low energy. It's still engagement, but we don't mm-hmm. define that as engagement. Real engagement is where you're giving feedback to another person, a human being, right? This is H to H, human to human interaction. Um, I, I absolutely would love to say I like something, Bonnie, that you post, but, but what's, what's more resonating is where I say, Bonnie, this is wonderful. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about how it made X Y Z happen, or how did this mm-hmm. make you feel? And oftentimes, they call that forced engagement, and that's getting a little bit of a bad name right now. But I can tell you, I'm one of the, those uh, out there that would that would say, "Hey, uh, I love what with this particular. I love what Bonnie just wrote here. You know, at Lori." What do you think about this? We just talked about this last week, Laurie. Uh How does this make you feel? That kind of engagement creates uh, momentum. It's like adding gas to the carburetor. You turn the engine over. Now, all of a sudden, the engagement becomes organic. So if you're going to follow people and you're going to follow topics and you have your favorite author, the best thing that you can do is go beyond just the like.
1: Thank you very much.
4: By the way, I've been so busy
1: doing my own tweets here. Barb has to has to forgive me. I've been liking but retweeting almost all of her. She's <laughs> keeping up with me. I think she's done about uh, 12 tweets during the show. I'm up to about, I don't know, 12 or 15. So, Barb, I will retweet some more later. But she's echoing a lot of my comments, so we're going back and forth. It's wonderful to have her on board, Barb. Thank you so much. Joanne Black, it's time for us to do our predictions round. We call it the crystal ball, although my engineer Aaron tells me since I own an authentic ballroom mirrored ball, a disco ball, Joanne, with a motor and lights and gels, colored lights and everything... Uh, that we probably should call this the disco ball, but we'll we'll stick with the predictions from the crystal ball. So, Joanne S. Black, we'd love for you to look into the future. Anytime from tomorrow up to, let's say, 2025, I can give you 60 seconds. That's all we've got. What will change dramatically, dynamically, or maybe nothing at all? Maybe we'll call it the Joanne S. Black method instead of social selling. I don't know. What will change? What's your prediction, Joanne? 60 seconds. Go.
2: Okay, there's three things. First, social selling will not replace salespeople. Two, adoption will continue to be a challenge. You know, success in the future will depend on how we use technology and social tools. And three, human relationships will become even more important than ever, especially because of the over-dependence on technology. You know, social media can make us more efficient, more informed, but social media doesn't make real connections. That requires personal offline interaction between two human beings.
1: Always has, always will. Thank you. Brief and to the point, I like that. Lori Richardson, <laughs> I also saved 60 seconds for you. What do you predict?
3: I, I have two predictions, Bonnie. One is the phrase, social selling will be gone. <laughs> And we will embrace social platforms in product development, customer care, finance, brand building, marketing, sales, at corporate. It, business is social, and that social element will be, you know in encapsulated with all the other ways that we build our company. I also think there will be regular ways to learn and many different mediums for communication, trust building, and being buyer-focused. So those coming into the workforce, and many who are already here, need better examples of how to add insight, how to be empathetic, and why this is critical for success.
1: Thank you very much. Quick question for you, Laurie. Do millennials get this whole social selling thing more than people who've been in the selling profession, I'll say that, for many, many, many years? What's your th- quick thought on that?
3: Yeah. Um, Yes and no. I mean, digitally, it, it's just second nature to be digital. I think, I think we all have areas to work on, and, and for newer, people newer to business, it's, it's more about nuance and, and how to do things rather than whether you can do something. So it's the nuance. And, and uh, so, yes, I want to give millennials a lot of credit for being able to jump in and do great things. Thank you very much, Michael Labate. I
1: saved exactly 60 seconds for you. Don't go over that. Go ahead. They're all yours.
4: Well, thank, thanks to Lori, I only have one now, because I also <laughs> second Lori's uh, sentiment that social okay. selling, the term, will just become selling. In fact, in, in parts of my organization, those that have deeply adopted the behavior, uh, to Joanne's point, it's a, it's a behavior. It's not a person, right? It doesn't replace people. Um, it's just selling. <clears throat> So my, my prediction would be more of a, it's a technical one. Uh, I think that, uh, that LinkedIn is going, you know, this is the company that, that we're, all, we're all taking advice from. And, and we're talking about being authentic and approaching people um, human to human and getting to know each other. And yet there's features like the one Mario Martinez called out in, uh, in Joanne's uh, post, which I just loved, which is a, a dichotomy. Uh, It says, look, um, we'll pull in all your contacts and we'll just click a button and we'll go send a note to everybody in your contacts. Well, that's not personal. That's impersonal. I think that Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is going to start paying attention to itself. Uh, it has to um, i i don't ever use that feature and that's only one example i'm zooming in michael to, to dear feature,
1: so i'm i'm out of time features. that was great thank you so much for that and a shout yeah. out to mario yeah. martinez sure. mario yeah. m martinez junior edvin gresso and his colleague and thank you michael and labati and bernie borges edvin gresso for your very kind words about my skill as a producer and host of Game Changers Radio. Very appreciated. And I plan to respond with a comment and a question later today. So thank you. You made my weekend. I want to thank our three special guests, Joanne S. Black, no more cold calling. Joanne, what a pleasure to meet you. Lori Richardson, score more sales as well. Ladies, I hope you're coming back on the series. If not, I'm going to invite you on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Michael Labati, always happy to have you. And Michael, please feel better and You can save your bourbon or whatever for later, but it might help get rid of whatever you got. Aaron at World Talk Radio, our engineer, thank you so much. And the Business Channel team, I'm Bonnie D. Graham. And here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? And shout out, of course, to Barb Giammanco. Go out and be a game changer today. Have a great day, everyone. Talk to you soon. Tomorrow, Coffee Break, Business Channel, 11 a.m. Don't miss it. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Social Selling, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.